This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hey, 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 Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham, your host here today, and I am bringing you an Ask the Expert interview with Ryan Staley. So, hey, Ryan, how are you doing today? Good. Great. Super stoked to be on. Awesome. All right. So let me, guys, let me tell you about Ryan. Ryan has done all sorts of amazing things. He's best known for his sales and marketing. He's built his entire career by delivering results in the corporate world. By net, but now he's building his business based on impact. So Ryan's coached and mentored sales executives to two and four times their income while working 10 to 15 hours less a week. Wouldn't we all love that? So Ryan has created an enterprise team from scratch to reach $30 million in annual reoccurring revenue in six years not to mention in a declining market with no lead generation. He has also closed over $125 million in net new sales. So Ryan right now is in the middle, uh, as we are recording this, um, about to start promoting his new summit. So by the time this interview goes live, the summit will just be about to start. So I highly recommend you go check it out. It's called the EnterpriseSalesSummit.com. Uh, <laughs> so Ryan, welcome to the show and tell us more about the summit. Yeah, so the summit is um, something that, that, like, as you can imagine, and this is related not just to the corporate world, but any kind of business, the entire landscape of everything that we do in this world has changed in a really short period of time at an incredible rate exponentially. <laughs> so what I did is I had a playbook that, that really worked to help people level up significantly and not just individual contributors but small small businesses i got a really soft spot in my heart for small business owners because i know they're chasing their dream in, in a lot of cases and, and so i'm like hey we got to totally tear this thing down and rewrite the entire playbook and so then what i did is i systematically picked 28 different people that had niches everywhere from personal branding on linkedin there's some really cool things even if you're not like in the corporate world in there to inbound leads on LinkedIn, to sales, to marketing, to closing big ticket customers, and then like next generation. What do you need to do in sales to execute at a really high level? So um, it's been an awesome experience. I've, I've developed some amazing relationships from it and learned a lot too uh, that I thought I knew, but didn't know to the depth that other people knew as well. So it's been an awesome experience. That's so cool. We'll have to have you back on here. The results of your summit. So far, have you felt like it's been a really great use of your time as a business marketing tool to kind of go out there and build those relationships and, and do a summit? Yeah, it, it's been it's been amazing. And it's, you know, because I'm part of Russell Brunson's private like coaching group in, in 2CCX. And he always refers to it as, as wax on, wax off, you know, with, with Mr. Miyagi. And so there's a lot of different like ancillary benefits that, that kind of happen as a result of it that I didn't really anticipate. And a lot of those, I mean, some of those even turned into people that are on the summit asking if I could help them and become potential clients, you know? So there were some amazing opportunities there and it was all just by being helpful and connecting people. 
There's another person, uh, one of the speakers who's mentoring me on, on some things now. Um, and then on top of it too, you know, what I'm seeing is, and, and we're right now, as we're recording this, we're on day one and we coordinated a, like kind of a coordinated strike on LinkedIn. So everybody's flooding the feed at the same time. And what's happening is there's all these people wanting to connect with me, learn more about me um, and my business as a result of it. So it's, it's been awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I love, and uh, you know, my listeners know part of my story was starting with the summit to get some more interviews from my podcast and getting into just building relationships in, with people in a space that I didn't have any relationships in. So I highly recommend doing that. I think it's a really cool, um, a cool way of like kind of getting yourself into a, um, a space that you may not have tons of relationships in, but also positions yourself as an expert in that space. Um, the credibility, like you're saying, um, goes a long way from doing something like that. Yeah, and then and then the, another thing is you could even it, it create like your own frameworks or add on to your own frameworks from the people that you interview as well. So that's something that's really cool because they have a different perspective or you know some area of specialty. So that, I think that's awesome if you want to create a course or an offering for your your customers. That's another way, another benefit that I didn't really talk about. Yeah, and just another question on your summit. So when you went and started gathering all these people, um, they're all talking about sales in some form or another, but do they all have the audience that you're looking, like to, like how did you kind of figure out what the right people were to bring on to your summit? I guess my question. Yeah, so there's um, really what I wanted to do is serve people at the highest level. So that was kind of the main question. Like the primary question I asked is like, okay, for my tar target audience or my avatar or however you want to, ICP is another one, ideal customer profile. They're all essentially very similar. And so it's like, how do I serve them at the highest level? And I'm like, okay, everything's essentially changed. So the question I ask is, if I were to start all over and kind of look at this fresh, you know, from the ground up, what topics would I need? And then so that I kind of built out the topics, had three different days with three different themes. Like the first one is like front-end prospecting, business development, lead gen. Second is execution and closing. And third is like how you need to advance yourself. And then what I did is after I had the topics, I went through and figured out who were the best people. There's two criteria I should say. Who were the best people in terms of like thought leaders or knowledge experts in that area? And then also who had extremely large reach online audiences and things like that. So those were kind of like the two factors that I looked at, but it was all about like what's going to deliver the biggest bang for the buck for anybody who attends. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. And you have plans of selling the recordings and using the, those in your business or what's your plans of those? Yeah, so really kind of the way it's constructed is it's, it's pretty simple. So the event is free. They have access to it for the three days. It's October 27th to the 29th. And so on the 27th, they'll have access to those recordings for free for, for 24 hours. And right now we're recording this. It's October 7th. Um, what happens is there's essentially like a thank you page upsell that if people want the all access pass that they could get that and acquire that. And basically they could access the recordings immediately. They get an extra 10 minute interview that's deeper for every speaker. They get the speaker notes, the MP3, you know, so they can listen to it as well. And then there's even an offer as well if they want the consolidated speaker notes, which has taken a lot of time to put together, but it's been a, a great byproduct of like learning all the different frameworks by rewatching all the videos that I did as well. So, and I saw in there you're doing some private audio with the recordings. <laughs> I am, 
<laughs> I was going to, I'm not quite there with that. We talked about that with um, Evans and I haven't been able to execute on that. That might shift. I'm really excited about private audio for mm-hmm. my podcast and my show. Um, and I've been actually implementing a, a strategy for that. However, because this summit has monopolized my time, bandwidth and focus, um, I have not implemented that yet. Right, but you're doing it as, a, you're calling it an audio book though, right? On the- uh, It's like an MP3, it's like a group MP3, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the private audio set up. That is something that I think is amazing and I'm looking at strongly um, for that to augment it. And then like I said, for my podcast too, like some yeah. really great uses for that. Yeah, so for our listeners that I'm not sure what we're talking about right now, because I haven't really talked about private audio on this podcast, we talk a lot about it at my podcast, coach.com. Um, but what we are talking about is um, having a way to have your information into a um, audio format. So it makes for a great upsell tool at the end of like, so Ryan's selling his summit recordings plus in the audio version. So that perceived value is so much higher when you add the audio product into it too, which is very cool. And Evans and I over at mypodcastcoach.com, we do some private audio training on how you can use a tool so that it makes it look like it's coming as a podcast. So, which is really cool. Um, I think there's a big potential for that for all of us to use from our podcasts in the future. So anyways, we will talk about that more over here, but I want to dive more into your story and what you do. So how did you get into, um, you know, you've got a crazy amount of um, experience in doing sales and marketing and um, going, you know, helping people reach those enterprise level uh, clients. So tell us a little bit about that. How did that start for you? Yeah, sure. Uh, So really interesting. I grew up in a lower middle income household. And so, yeah, and and for those of you listening, I live in the Midwest. So I I live in the Chicagoland area. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a policeman. And, you know, kind of what I saw growing up is that my mom, you know, for example, when she was a teacher, she, she works her butt off and she would work the normal hours, but then she just wanted to to basically really help out the students as much as possible and, and be a positive impact in their lives. So she would spend so many hours after work with her lesson plans and she would make incremental in gains and salary on an annual basis. Right. She kind of kept making improvements. And then my dad was a police officer and he would work midnights. He would sometimes have two or three jobs working extra security and, and things along those lines just to make kind of ends meet for us. And, you know, he ended up doing, doing really well, uh, as a result of that. However, one of the things that like, I think got ingrained in me at a really early age was that, Hey, like there's a lot of jobs out there where you could work your butt off. You could produce way better results, but there's only incremental change that, that you see. And so that's part of what drew me towards sales is I'm like, Hey, if I, if I bring home the goods and help other people deliver and execute at a high level, then I'm going to get compensated for it. And so I love that idea. And so what happened was, uh, it was really funny. I mean, I started like doing paper routes and uh, for some of the folks that are in the same age demographic, I was like Al Bundy for a little bit. I was selling shoes uh, at the uh, shoe store, but then um, it all kind of started when I was in college and I started doing door to door yellow page advertising, which makes me sound like I'm a hundred, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> so what, 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 is that phone books or something? What's the information? It was, yeah, I know. I'm it was kidding, like, I, I'm not here at you. It's okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so that's where it started. And then from there, um, I got into it right after school and then I've been in it ever since. So probably 
yeah, 20 plus years in sales. So it's been awesome though. I've met some amazing people and have created a lifestyle that's exponentially different than it would have been if I didn't. So absolutely. Cause you know, you don't have that ceiling over your income potential when you're in sales. Usually it's uh, you know, the harder you work or the, the more, you know, the more <laughs> I say, the more uh, you go after the big fish, then the more you're rewarded for that. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. not, not so much in a, in a, in a, you know, teacher salary or a police officer salary. Um, it's interesting. Uh, your, your sales, your drive for sales. So, um, tell me a little bit about like, what, like what makes you like, so some people, I guess what I'm getting at is like, some people feel like sales is like, ah, scariest thing ever. So what made you get over that and are able to bring in those numbers, like $125 million in sales? Like, like, yeah. What was that? yeah. So it's not, and that's a great question. And I think you and I were, were talking about this a little bit before we went on and like, cause sales is like half of having your own business or mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, like that's half the equation. It's like your thing. And then like sales and marketing. You like, got to go and sell it. And then you're attached to that personal thing too. Like it's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Well, your identity get, gets wrapped in it, right, Michelle, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. cause that's part of who you are. And that's your baby that, mm-hmm. that you're, you're working on. And so like, it's so funny though, like looking back, you know, I had those, those moments of self doubt as well, where when I first started, I'll give you an example. I worked in inside sales to start. So it was like literally like the movie boiler room where I should be making like 250 dials a day. So I had a lot of like cruddy jobs to start off that were like, and I'm doing air quotes right now, character builders, if you will. Um, but just shifting from inside sales to what's called outside sales, which is larger, more complex, longer sales cycles. When I first started, I would get so nervous. I would like sweat, I would have anxiety. And I think that's probably what a lot of business owners that aren't really, um, super comfortable with the idea of it. But if you really think about it at its core, one of the things that, that got me the most comfortable with it is once I kind of had a breakthrough and that breakthrough was more around like, if you really, really think about sales at its core, and I'm not talking like uh, a video sales letter or a webinar, um, maybe the webinar is live where you're presenting one to multiple people, but let's say you're doing something more higher ticket or a bigger item. It all simply comes down to asking questions to try and understand really what that person thinks and what they want and what they want to get away from. Like those three things is really all it comes down to. And then listening and then bringing back full circle, how you could solve those challenges and help them get what they want. And that's it. I mean, that's like a simple, real simple formula. I don't know if that helps. But. Definitely. Yeah, it's good. I'm only laughing because I just went through this with my sales coach this week of, you know, some, some conversations to have with people in enrollment conversations. And yeah, it comes back to uh, just what they, helping them get what they want and making them see that what you have is the, the solution. So now going after the big enterprises. So w- would you recommend that like us entrepreneurs or any solopreneurs, um, you know, that are doing maybe one-to-one kind of sales right now, start looking at ways that we can like reach out to enterprises and like do sales to like a bigger organization where then you're selling like, you know, 20 seats in a, in a, in a conference instead of like the one-to-one selling. Mm-hmm. It's in terms of recommend, it really depends on what your solution is. And if you're mm-hmm. going for it, there, there's definitely different dynamics that you got to factor in for that when you're, when you're trying to, and I hear so many, uh, small business startups that, that I'm talking to now, they're like, we want to move up market. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? 
And some people think enterprise or move up market is a solution that's $5,000 a month for a year. Some think it's a $500,000 contract. Some think it's $2 million contract. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like the way that we did it, because we, like, like Michelle mentioned in my intro, I, I was responsible for starting a business unit from scratch and I had nobody with experience at all in terms of doing it. And we grew that, that got that zero to 30 million annual recurring revenue. We had no marketing support and no lead gen. We had nothing. So it was hardcore like sales. And a big way that we did that is we would make incremental jumps, constantly reevaluated what we did. And then it started to like turn into like a landslide, you know? So um, a lot of people that I talk to, they want to go from like, they've never had a corporate customer before to selling like, you know, $5 million contracts and there's a big jump. So it's almost like, and it was funny, I talked to this guy is a part of my summit, really sharp dude um, and has a different approach to marketing named Chris Walker. He's like hair, basically, and this mimics what you hear in our space a lot, Michelle, but, but basically like, and Russell Brunson says this all the time, give, give your solution away to three like logos for free so you can use those as case studies and then leverage that. So that might not be a bad um, way to kind of approach it, I, I think. And then your experiences will learn from that will help you replicate that across a larger base. Mm-hmm. So say that again. So walk us through that again. Yeah. So to, to get more specific, let's say you have a solution that you offer and right now you're selling one-to-one instead of like one-to-many, you know, and I'll give you an example in my space. So I sell, I have a course that teaches people how to sell really big customers and manage all the complexities of it. And it's really simplified down into every, I guess, everything I've learned over the last, like over 10,000 hours into probably like seven hours, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so in terms of doing that, if you want to move from one to one, um, what I'm going to, what I am starting to do now is I'm getting more engaged with owners, founders, and vice presidents of sales who want to bring this out to their whole team. Mm-hmm. So like an easy example, if you're using my case, is like I would go out and let's say I offer my solution or my thing to those people, get them as case studies, but do it for free, and then make that contingent on them being a case study, testimonial, so on and so forth. So then you can start to use that and scale that. And so instead of like, chasing a big customer, trying to get that, that, you know, one to many approach and take you two years, you do it for free and your speed time could be like three months, four months to get that. And then you make big jumps. So you'd be way further ahead. Whereas if you try to get paid the first time. Yeah, exactly. So it's all about the credibility too. Like, so you've proven now that you've done it with, with one client, it's a lot easier to get your second, third and fourth clients uh, mm-hmm. from that one case study. So, um, I guess the question is then you got to make sure that you have a product that you, that can be scalable like that. So like for you going to take a course to a vice president of an entrepreneur enterprise that has a hundred, you know, sales team that wants to go through it, that's doable. If it was some sort of like, you know, say you're a graphic designer, that would be not a doable thing, right? That would be something that could put them out of business. So creating something in your business that you can scale in that way, I think will help expedite your results. And Mike, am I right on that one? Yeah. Well, if we're talking to a graphic designer though, they could always do a done with you program, you know, for like a group of 30, 
or something right. like that and then walk them along. I mean, that could be a way to bridge the gap. Like if you targeted like, I don't know, I don't know if there's a, a VP of graphic design that wanted to educate their, their staff mm-hmm. on that, you could always do something and approach it that way. Right. So getting creative in ways that you can, uh, you know, get more eyeballs on what you're doing rather than selling one-to-one, which we all, it's all the hard rules to get the one to one to many, uh, you know, uh, in what we're doing. So now you're saying that you were able to help, um, help your VPs and your, your people that you were working with get to the income goals that they wanted in two to four times in their income mm-hmm. by decreasing the amount of work that they were doing. So what was that like? What were you doing there? Yeah, it, that, the big thing was like kind of what I'm talking about with these, these bigger deals instead of mm-hmm. chipping away. And, um, you know, it goes back to the 80-20 rule where you get 80% of your revenue from 20% of your clients. And so we got really, really good at learning how to do that consistently mm-hmm. um, with net new customers. And so that, that's really how we executed on that. And, you know, in terms of working with people, we also continually evaluated what we did. And then the other factor is like kind of looked at the team that I was leading in terms of what each individual strengths and weaknesses were and then augmented those. So like, I think it's great for any entrepreneur to know what their disc profile is. Mm-hmm. Very simple. There's tons of free tests online because it'll tell you like, Hey, you're strong at this, you're weak at this. Mm-hmm. And you probably want to outsource the stuff that you're weak at, you know? Yeah. We just did this with my team and it's super funny because oh, really? now they're just like, Oh, okay. That's why you do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, you know, uh, they don't love it when I'm not organized and that, you know, then, now like it was good. It was like a, a nice way for us to all kind of like have a better understanding of each other's strengths and weaknesses. And yeah, that's great. We need to play to those. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, it's so interesting to be able to do that. And so for th- for us solopreneurs that are still um, in the one-to-one sales for sales conversations, any suggestions or any recommendations um, when we feel maybe a little bit fearful to pick up the phone and call someone or, you know, you know, you feel like you're dialing for no's to get those nine no's before that one yes or any, yeah. any last bit of um, uh, advice for people? Yeah, no, that, that would be, that's, um, so here's what I did. Cause I, I, there was a time in my career where I was in that exact situation. Like I was afraid to pick up the phone and call someone and try and sell them over the phone or Zoom. And the big, the thing that I stopped, there's two things I can tell you. There's, there's or maybe three things um, that you could do. The first one is, you know, if you're uncomfortable, stop and think and write down why you're uncomfortable. What parts about it specifically make you uncomfortable? And usually what I, what I realized just from working with people is that a lot of times it's because they're like, well, I don't know exactly what to say. I don't know how to answer this question, or I don't know, um, you know, how to react when they say this. Right. And so that'll give you insights in terms of where your insecurities lie psychologically that, that stop you from, from doing that. So that half of it's uh, knowing that, right. So that's step one. Step two is then you find the answers to all of the questions that you're afraid you don't know, <laughs> right? And, and do that and, and write those down and have those in front of you. And then maybe there's four, there's not three. Um, the other two is um, basically you write out the questions that you want to ask in kind of a logical order that leads someone down the path. Mm-hmm. 
And just the exercise of doing that, and here's the thing, you're calling on the phone, you get the script right in front of you of what to say ballpark and then questions. <clears throat> then after you do that, um, you got to think through like how you're going to answer those, those questions and bring back your solution with tangible people that you've helped before that have the same problems as the person you're talking to. So that's a really simplified version of it, but that's mm -hmm. kind of how I would approach it. Yeah, no, that's great. Those step-by-step -step way of, of doing it. And, you know, I think for some of us that comes in natural conversations and then other times it's like, wow, if we're doing more of the talking and less of the listening, <laughs> maybe we need to go back and visit those questions and find out more about the people that we're talking to. I know that's a problem I have. <laughs> working on it, working on it. Um, less talking, more listening. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ryan, any last bit of advice before we let you go? We know we want to send people to go check out your summit because I'll be going live um, just around the time that we're publishing this. So it's Enterprise Success Summit. No, yeah, Enterprise. It. Yeah, it's an Enterprise Sales Summit. Um, dot com. So Enterprise Sales Summit dot com. OK, make sure you guys go check that out. And Ryan, any sort of um, things that you're doing in your business that could help those uh, entrepreneurs out there that are struggling with sales and marketing? Yeah, um, one thing that, that it's funny, um, I'm talking to someone who's really, really successful internationally. And you know, one of the things that you pointed out, he's been hammered home and, and I think relates to any part of business, but especially if you're an entrepreneur, is he calls it like a double-edged benefit statement. And um, I don't know, have you heard of that before at all, Michelle? No, I've heard of it, but I'm, I, I need some refreshers on it. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like what you led with with my intro. It's like I help, I've helped, you know, sales executives two to four X their annual income while working 10 to 20 hours less. Right. You know, so it's like, it's basically just like hitting it from both, both the whatever, the financial, the revenue, the outcome benefit, and then something that they're getting back in addition as a result of it. So just really think long and hard about that because that's a good door opener um, for anybody that you wanna talk to if you get that right with your, your perfect customer. Right. Then they'd be like, what? Tell me more. Tell me more. If they say tell me more, you got it. And you got it right. <laughs> yeah, well, and then I have questions behind it. You know, like, yeah. you know, like for example, let's, let's take you, Michelle. So you're like, um, I help, uh, I help podcasters grow their listener or subscriber, the unique subscriber base by 300% in six months while freeing up five hours a week that you could spend putting together your podcast. Like that's an example, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. Like it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we like right now ours is very much tied to like, um, you know, freeing up their time, but it's not tied to like, financial numbers or like download numbers. So that's something we need to work on on ours, I think. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, and I know we gotta, we're, we're wrapping up, but like, here's the thing, like if you're freeing people up with time, then that's, that's resources, they time resources they could put towards creating more revenue. Right. True. You know? And same thing with the downloads. Like you probably know with all the data, like, Hey, you get a hundred more downloads or more reach in this area. It could lead to X amount more revenue, you know? So there's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. So I know you're a ninja on LinkedIn. So tell us a couple of quick tips for LinkedIn um, LinkedIn usage as an entrepreneur. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the quick breakdown. Um, there's there's uh, simple. 
So I'll, how about we talk on posts, like creating a post? So because LinkedIn's got great organic reach now versus all the other platforms. And so what I would say is um, video is great in terms of the no like trust factor. However, in terms of like post, text posts do the best. And it's kind of like a hook in an email, the subject line, and then the first three lines below that, or four lines below it, if you do a space. Um, there's also a button that says see more, where it basically extends it. Your number one job is to get people to hit the see more button. So then they look at the rest of your posts and then from the rest of your post, um, that'll create more organic reach. Um, the other thing that LinkedIn really, really loves is if you get a dialogue going in your post, you know, I had one organic post that did that like 50,000 views on it. Um, and it was because, uh, there was great organic reach and there was great engagement, which I engaged with it right away in the first hour you post. And then I left it alone for like a day hmm. and then it just grows and grows and grows. Um, so I would say those are some of the, the biggest things. Um, one other trick too is to have the first few sentences or that hook area be emotionally charged. There's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and then, you know, the other thing I would tell you the big number one do not do is have a pitch in your connection request. Hmm. Um, hmm. 99% of the time I get stupid pitch requests all the time that people do that in. And like, it's, it's happening so much now because <laughs> bots and stuff, people are, are just, they're fed up with it. So. Yeah. I had one today. It was like a picture of phone plans. I was like, are you kidding me? Like you <laughs> barely even said hi. I was like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No pitching in your connection request. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> LinkedIn's all about connections. So engagement, that was great tip. Engagement, the emotionally charged, that was awesome. And making sure your job is to get people to click that more. So I love those tips. Those are awesome tips. Thanks so much, Ryan. And thank you so much for joining us on Amplify You today, guys. So make sure you go and check out Ryan. Ryan, where can we find you? Obviously on LinkedIn. <laughs> where else can you want to find that? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is the best spot to find me right now. Like I post content almost daily on there pretty much daily. And so um, definitely check me out there. That'd be the best spot. Just Ryan Staley, S-T-A-L-E-Y. I like to get everything about my company. If there's any way I can help you, just DM me there. And you know, I'm more than happy to help anybody that's in your community. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on Amplify You today, Ryan. We look forward to checking out your summit and uh, hearing about how the success of it and how it all went. So until next time, Amplify You family, go out there, be awesome, get your message out there in the world. The world needs to hear from you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, and review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.